0: Welcome to Tea Break Talk, where you get a front row seat to the conversations that really matter to garage owners, the ones that make a real difference to how you run your business. We talk to those at the very heart of the automotive aftermarket, and in episode one, we bring you Andy Savva, the garage inspector. Join him now as he and Jim discuss, garages are busy, but are they profitable? 99% of garages around the UK do not make a return on their labour. So imagine this, we've been busier than ever. The lead times have extended from two, three days tenfold. Um, And yet, I still find that garages are not making a return, if anything, on their labour. So the only way they survive at the moment, Jim, is through their parts buying. And that's something incredibly tough to take. Um, and, And that's what we try and get them to understand. You know?
1: Because that's, what, that's one of your
0: mantras, isn't it? Yeah.
1: I mean, I mean, it's so important that a garage can cover all their overheads yeah. by, by the labour rates of the time. The one thing that yeah. they, can, they can control, yeah. that they can
0: charge. Now, we can call it knowledge, skill, whatever you want to call it, experience, it's time. So, you know, people will look up the jobs, repair time 1.2, and then we attach a figure, a labour figure. Yeah. And that's why it's very important for us to understand why what that labour cost us, so we we have a charge-out rate, you know, it's very, very important. But not a lot of garage owners, um, since I've been doing what I've been doing, actually fact that in. And that's why a lot of people don't understand the mechanics of why they're not making any money, because they're not even recovering their costs, and they don't know what that labour charge costs them. And really, that's the only thing that we have to sell. The other argument that we get is that people say to me, Jim, that... Um, but we also sell parts. Well, we don't really, because parts is a byproduct of whether we sell any in, in labour or not. Mm. And yes, we have a right to make a, a profit on parts, a reasonable return on parts, but your main income must come from your labour sales, mm. the time and skill that you, we have, and that's what people are buying. Uh, the other day I had a, had a, a text message for one of um, a, a, a garage in Weatherby, uh, and he will uh, not I won't I won't say who it was and and, and he worked at his what we call the cost of doing business and it came to fifty six pound an hour and he's only charging fifty two. So he's losing four pounds an hour. So he's basically working for nothing. Every time you charge a customer an hour, you're actually giving them four pounds back. Because you're not you're not making any money. Yeah. And he like he was so astonished about it, you know? And uh, he says, so what what do you think I should be charging then? And I said, well, it's not as easy as that because there's a few other things you've got to take into a factor. But I said to him, i tell you what, let me ask you a question. If you bought a part for 52 pounds, what would you sell it at? And he said to me, "Um, I'd put 40% on top. And I said, okay, so what's that, about 73, 74 pounds? He says to me, yeah. I said, well, why don't you apply that mythology? to your labour cost and charge 75 or £74. Pounds. And he goes, oh I, I don't know whether I can charge that because I'm not sure I'll get people through the door. So this myth is just, mm. floats around everyone, you know. Yeah. So the first calculation is really to work out all your operating costs mm. and that includes any salaries that you may be paying yourself as a garage owner, Yeah. but that must be aligned to how efficient your workshop is. Oh, so
1: you're now going to talk about the available hours.
0: So it's not only your operating costs. Yeah. It's what the workshop, the what I call the engine room, yeah. can produce. Yeah. All right. And it's not based on the hours that the garage is open, because the front of house might be open an hour, an hour and a half before the actual workshop begins working. Yeah. It's what the workshop hours are available to sell. The average efficiency rate, which means what the workshop actually produces to what they can produce, is about 55 to 56%, which is horrendous, really. Yeah,
1: it's quite eye-opening, isn't it? So
0: that has a huge impact on your operational costs. Yeah. And that then has a determined fact of where your labour sits. Obviously, you have to take into account the type of services that you're offering. Yeah. Um, which is another measurement that people don't really think about Um, and also obviously the area that you're in the demographics of vehicles owners um, and the skill levels and the tooling and equipment Mm. that you also have and these are the processes that you've got really sit down and think about um, and are key points to actually determine this is what I'm going to be charging for the services that I actually provide. Mm. They all concede to the fact that
1: they are busy, but they could probably be far more profitable if they were to actually get less cars coming in, and and they were to focus on the work. that they, In fact, that they know to be profitable, but they have this inherent problem of just not being able to say no down the phone mm. to more work coming in.
0: Mm. I'll give you and on that I'll give you a classic statistic all right an average garage will book I don't know 12 to 15 cars a day on the Monday, right They'll only invoice five or six seven if they're lucky so five or six or seven will stay from the Monday on the Tuesday they have another 15 cars turn up. And then I'd only depart with another five or six or seven from the day before and that day.
1: So then I got 15 left over. Yeah.
0: On the Wednesday they have another 15 cars turning up. Huh. By by Thursday they're pulling their hair out, and they're running around like blue ass flies, mad as mad as like crazy. Not answering phones, not being able to return calls to customers. People chasing them. Service goes downhill. That's what happens. So. You said something quite interesting. So I say to them, rather than book 15 cars, just book six or seven in. Oh no, we can't do that, we'll never survive. But I guarantee you, you'll sell more hours because you'll be able to perform the job properly. Also give yourself time to upsell honestly and professionally, but I'm not stressing that I, am, I haven't got enough time in the day. So what happens is that the level of quality and the experience for the vehicle owner Actually increases and the turnover is the same or if not a little bit more so so
1: you could you could almost even make the argument that for every minute that a garage is trying to come up with a solution that's a pound lost as well of course it is So, so if you've got twice as many cars coming in that you can actually physically deal with and release on the same day that explains why, why the, the billable hours are so low. So yeah. One of the mantras that we really push is the fact that we keep reminding them that we don't want the website to be a platform of capability. We want them just to be focusing on profitability. And so um, within, our, uh, within the process we, we can get a, a garage website online but by just taking up one hour of the garage owner's time. And on that, we ask them, what would be the most profitable jobs that you can identify within the business? We want to hear their language, so just as you were saying before, Andy, that there's no step change from how they would actually hear a job or a scenario explained on the phone or if there's a walk into the reception as to what they would actually read on the website themselves. And well, what we found is that by actually focusing on the work that they want to have coming in, I mean, that, that may actually... Appeal to people already on their customer database, but equally, it will also appeal to people who aren't on their customer database, because they self-qualified all the work that they want to have coming in to us, or I should say that they pre-qualified all that work that will be on the website be coming in. But then the beauty of representing your business well online is that anyone who's typing in those search terms in the area where that garage is operating, they self-qualified themselves to be interested in that particular repair or service at the point that they want to buy. And so with our websites, or with any effective websites, the beauty of it is that it is the most efficient way, among the marketing mix, because there has to be a marketing mix over and above that, but it is still the most efficient way in which you can get a meeting of minds between the two. What would you say to a garage owner where They're they're so busy contending with what's coming in, how would you you recommend or suggest to them that they ought to pause, take a breath and actually look at the, the difference between revenue and profit?
0: Because people are busy at the moment now, they think they're always going to be busy. And when you're busy is the time when you should start planning for the next six months.
1: You're not going to feel it as much,
0: are you? Exactly. What usually happens in our industry, or what's happened historically, is that when we go quiet, we start panicking, and then we start to try and be proactive, but it's too late then. We've, we've missed that. You know, we, we don't have a lot of money coming in now, and we've missed that time when we should be focusing on the next six months. Nothing ever lasts, yeah. and you'll always lose customers through natural. A yeah. yeah, right. You know, bought a new car, bought a service plan for five years. Moved. Unfortunately, someone's died. We've all set that MOT reminder, and you get the phone call from the son or the you know the daughter. Uh, move away. So you'll always need a batch of new customers That's right. through the door. Look out for episode two, where Jim and Andy discuss what those new customers are going to think of your garage and the tools you need to make the right impression. Don't miss any of the episodes of Tea Break Talk. Subscribe here.